Welcome everybody to the Zola Music Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Roberts. So we're live with Jimmy Carter, bass player from Chicago. He is endorsed by Aguilar. He is the bass player for the hit Fox TV show Empire, and he is also bassist for if I, I believe it's the largest church in Illinois, Willow Creek Church. So, Jimmy, yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's going on? it's going it's going well. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Glad to be with you, man. Yep. Likewise. So, Jimmy, can you fill in the blanks on that intro? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, like you said, man, I was born and raised here in Chicago. Uh, great town for music. Anybody who's trying to do anything musically, play, sing, dance, it's just it's a great town for that. And I was born and raised here. Uh, grew up in church, you know, which is another amazing place for any, you know, aspiring, you know, artist, you know, musician. And, uh, just grew up in church, man, and, uh, I didn't start playing until, like, right before college, like right into college. Um, so I'm a late bloomer. But um, again, I was just, I was just, I was just blessed, blessed to be in a good place at a good time. Um, I had some mentors, man, who were willing to, you know, kind of comfort me, take me under their wings and uh, impart a lot of things into me, you know, at an early start, you know. Um, and uh, it was just, it's just a cool thing, man. And you know the way the uh, the African American church uh, process works or the atmosphere is just like, man, you got to get it or move out the way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. So it's like that pressure, man. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's that pressure, man, to kind of you know make it happen, man. So which is good, I think. In some cases, I think it's a it's a healthy fire under you to kind of you know uh, hone your craft, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a product of that. And I went on from there to play for a lot of community uh, choirs, uh, some recording choirs and everything. Um, uh, worked with uh, uh, Percy Gray and Gerald Gray mm-hmm. from New Direction yeah. and uh, uh, Chicago Mass and uh, Joshua Troop. I, I played specifically for Joshua Troop. And uh, I think I did, a, uh, I did a European tour with uh, Chicago Mass a few years back. Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, you know, and then from there, man, um, you know, just a lot more freelance stuff. And um, Lord led me to, uh, you know, through some mutual friends to meet uh, the worship pastor at uh, Willow Creek Community Church in South Barrington, Illinois. Um, suburb of a very affluent suburb of Chicago. And, um, yeah, man, it was just, you know, it was, I think it was just kind of the, the evolution of not only just myself as a musician, but just as a, as a believer, you know, as a, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, it's just, it was kind of the next step for me. And a lot of growth happened, you know, uh, like I said, again, musically and spiritually. After, uh, um, after meeting those people, after uh, becoming, you know, um, familiar and, and, and uh, friends with uh, the people from Willow Creek. It's been an amazing experience. It's opened up a lot of doors. Oh, that's great. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, doing, you know, in between there, doing some records and, uh, you, know, uh, you know, just a few things here and there. I was blessed enough to have uh, sit in with Jimmy 
a couple years ago when he used to go to Willow Creek. I, I played, I filled in for him at Bright Star Community Church. It is, it was very, it's very good. He's the first person that taught me how to really, really groove. I knew how to groove a little bit, but groove, groove. This guy, master. So, so, uh, Jimmy, uh, what was your greatest musical moment? Oh, man. Um, few of them. Um, um, there are a few, man. Uh, you know, when, on your, like, kind of in your journey, you have these, like, milestone moments. Yeah. Um, what's one specifically, the um, big one? One that sits with me, um, Right now, I got to, um, well, Willow Creek, the church I play for, um, they had their 40th year church anniversary, mm-hmm. and uh, they actually booked United Center to hold the service. Oh, wow. Where the Chicago Bulls play and Blackhawks, mm-hmm. and um, they actually sold out the United Center. Like, wow. it was packed to the hill. Like, literally, there was only the, the standing uh, room. Um, even the standing room was occupied over the nosebleeds, like above the nosebleeds. Oh, wow. It was packed to the hill. And um, so we had like this really cool, like circular stage. And uh, we had the whole team. There were uh, two drummers, two bass players, uh, probably about four or five guitar players, um, full band, all of the singers, a couple of singers from different campuses. They have like eight different campuses mm-hmm. in Chicago and Chicago area, around the Chicago area. So we had a couple of the uh, campus uh, worship pastors come and sing with us. And so at the height of the worship set, um, we were doing, uh, we were singing the song, um, Lord, You Are Good, um, mm-hmm. made popular by Israel Houghton. Uh, we're actually doing his arrangement of that. Mm-hmm. And um, so we, in the, in the height of the song, we had, you know, we had two bass players. Uh, so myself and another good friend of mine named Sean Summer, amazing, amazing uh, bass player, amazing, just, just knowledge overall about just, you know, just music and, and gear and, you know, just a lot of the technotronics behind, uh, you know, just getting your, your sound right. Anyway, just amazing guy. So, um, the two of us, uh, they had like a dueling bass solo, center stage, 25,000 people screaming at us. Mm, wow. And, um, so, uh, I would start off with my solo and then, John came back and asked with his solo, and then we kind of did like a call and response and kind of kind of dueling thing. It was it was so sweet. It was it was such a memorable moment. Um, and you know, of course, you know, with uh, the social media, you know, kind of age we're living in, everyone had their phones out and everything. Mm-hmm. So I got tagged in a lot of posts and just uh, seeing myself and my buddy uh, on the jumbotron in United Center, uh, like literally a sold out United Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is big for me. It was it was a huge thing. Uh, I'd been to the United Center to see some pretty major artists, and it, it wasn't as many people as it was that night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So that was probably as, as in recent in recent time. That's probably like the thing that kind of sits with me, resonates with me the most. And then uh, the crazy thing is, it was twenty five thousand people, but it was like it was my church, so I felt like. It was family, like 25,000 friends and family. It was, it was a crazy feeling. Well, that's amazing. Wow. Great musical yes, moment right there. I'm sure yes, anybody sir. would yes, love sir. to be a part of that. Now, 
Now, uh, you did mention that you knew through a mutual friend, which was great. So let you know that a lot of things come through people. You know, you can't sit at home and yeah. practice all day oh, yeah. and exactly. expect to. Exactly. You gotta get that. Yeah. Get out there in it. Mm-hmm. Now, Jimmy, uh, what was your worst musical moment, and how did you get through it? That's another one where it's like I don't, I, 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 I can't pinpoint one specific moment right away. Um, just different moments where you just know that you kind of need to, you know, stay in the shed, you know. Uh, whether it's like, you know, um, being put in a situation where you're playing with a lot of, you know, seasoned musicians and you're kind of like, you know, the new book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Again, uh, yeah, especially in church, you know what I mean? Um, just, um, you know, not quite being as, uh, prepared or as, uh, you know, as, as seasoned as some of the guys who I had, you know, had the honor of playing with. Um, and just kind of, you know, remembering that feeling of not, you know, bringing it or not having, um, not giving it my all or not having the wherewithal to kind of sit in that situation. Or then, you know, some nights that some, you know, uh, some, uh, some gigs were like maybe some changes were getting at me, you know what I mean? And, you know, uh, I wasn't quite making, you know, certain places at certain times or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just developmental moments, uh, that just, you know, make you want to go shed, man. Yeah. Uh, make you want to go back and, you know, hone your, hone your craft and, you know, uh, I'll tell you a funny moment. Um, because I came up in, uh, church circles, um, gospel circles, um, it's a, it's a circuit where, um, if you read, it's a plus, but it's not a, uh, a mandatory thing. The, the gospel genre is more of a, more of an ear and a feel type of thing, inspiration type of thing. Um, even though I was in school at the time, I was in, you know, um, you know, starting to do my gigs and everything because I wasn't in situations that required me to read. I wasn't. Uh, putting my reading to practical use, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so like, I was learning to read. I was in school. I had my base teacher, you know, teaching me how to read and everything. And, uh, you know, I was doing my assignments, but I would go, you know, I was working in the gospel circuit. So I got hired um, through a dance theater, um, contracted through a dance theater. I wasn't a part of the dance theater, but they hired me to do an event for them. Uh, they were doing, uh, like, a... Um, a celebration for the addition of a women's princess for the Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago. And um, the guy, the, uh, the head of the dance theater hired me. Uh, he actually was a teacher at the school that I, that I was going at. I went to Columbia College. He was an instructor there. And he hired me to uh, play with his dance theater for this, you know, uh, event. So I'm, I'm in the rehearsal and, um, you know, again, coming from gospel circles, you know, you kind of, they give you the CD, you know, you go home, you listen to the CD, and you show up to rehearsal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that was what I was used to. So I showed up to rehearsal, and I'm expecting him to, like, you know, drop a CD on my music stand, and we'll kind of listen to some songs and then play. And so, like, I got there early, you know, tuned up and everything, and I'm warming up my fingers, and I'm playing all my cool chops and stuff, you know, with all the, you know, the seasoned musicians around. You know, when you're young, you kind of want people to know you can play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm warming up and everything doing all my cool stuff and then he comes and drops a booklet in front of me and it's the charts for the show and I was I was like my, my, like literally my heart dropped wow. 
Wow. To my stomach, I was like instantly nervous. It's like, wow, we're not going to listen to this stuff. It's like, man, you know, it wasn't that type of kid. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So instantly I was like super nervous. It's like, man, I'm playing all of these riffs and these all of these tricks and chops. And I'm going to fumble this gig because I have to read the whole gig. You know what I mean? I have to read the gig down. Yeah. But um, so it was it was it was a pseudo and almost embarrassing moment. But the cool thing was, um, like I said, I had I had been learning to read for you know a couple of years before that. I just hadn't had to use it. So in that moment, I kind of honed everything that I'd been learning in those uh, past couple of years and lessons. And uh, I got through. I got through the rehearsal. You know, uh, there were like small moments, uh, small fumbles, but nothing that like you know plane crashed the band. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, it, it was just. I just thought about. I, I, I still sit back and think about the plane crash that that could have been. I hadn't been trying to. You know, if I hadn't had any sort of you know uh, training for you know reading music. Yeah. So there you have it, um, musicians. You always need to know to learn music. You never know when you need it. You never, never know. know. There are certain skills that I think are consistent with playing in, in gospel church settings, but then with me going to school, there are other skills that are, you know, honed and gained uh, that just open you up to different avenues of work. So, yeah. you know, I had a, you know, I heard, a, a, you know, older musicians say, man, look, you know, you want to be able to do it all. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah, you know, you can say, yeah, I'm a gospel musician. But that mean, does that mean if, you know, you get the call to do a jazz set, you're not going to go make the jazz money because you're a gospel musician? Or if, you know, the country guy calls you, you're not going to go make, you know, the money because, you know, you're not a country musician? Yeah. So it's just, you know, you want to kind of, you know, exhaust all avenues available to you if you can. You know, get it all, get everything you can. Good advice for the young musicians. Any of you all listening, always learn <laughs> both ways, both sides. Always Ear. learning. Yep. Ear and reading. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say, I mean, even, you know, at a professional level, you know, there's always room for growth, man. I, I, I still don't feel like I have uh, arrived or attained it all. You know, I'm still trying to grow in different areas, man. Uh, I think as long as you're, you know, uh, anything you're doing in life, you know, uh, no matter what season you are in that journey, man, there's always room for growth and always the opportunity to learn and make yourself better, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard Marcus Miller tell a story about uh, one of his last shows he played with Miles Davis. And this is Miles Davis, Miles Davis towards the end of his career. And uh, he was sitting in sound shake, and he turned to one of the other musicians, like, hey, man, look at this. I just learned from the other day. You know, just, you know, little trail he learned on his horn. And it was like, here's Miles freaking Davis, this legend, who's still learning, who's still growing, wow. who's still grasping at, you know, you know, evolution and growth, you know, so it's just like, at any level, you still have room to grow. Miles Davis still learning in his late career. That's crazy. So, yeah, yeah, man. When you first started out in the music, how did you, how'd you buy your bass? How'd you fund that? Um, the first, well, when I first started, you know, of course, I was, I was 18 years old and, uh, I wanted, uh, I was 17. It was my senior year in college, in high school. And um, I wanted to play bass. Um, I had this experience and I knew I wanted to play. I'll tell you about that later. Uh, just like my, my calling to play bass. But um, my uncle is, uh, my dad's brother, is uh, kind of a gearhead. And uh, just had 
just accumulates a lot of gear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Collectible stuff. He just kind of has a knack for that. And uh, so uh, I told my dad I wanted to play. And um, so my dad's a practical guy. You know, he was like, well, look, uh, we'll have your uncle, you know, loan us a base. You know, he has a few of them. And he's like, you know, because I don't want to spend the money and it's going to be sitting in the corner somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, my uncle loaned me the, uh, the base. And uh, I had my first lesson from a guy who uh, went to, um, he moved to L.A. So I had my first lesson from him. And then he was kind of the only musician I, you know, I had direct access to at the time through another family member. So he moved to L.A. Uh, but I had my uncle's bass, and uh, I, you know, after I graduated high school, um, I just my yearning to play and learn uh, bass became stronger and stronger. So I had an internship um, that I worked in the summer, and um, I started putting in, you know, um, extra hours, you know, to save up money uh, because I would like just I would take the bus to Sam Ash just to hang out, just to go to the bass room and listen to the other guys play and just, you know, play on the different instruments and everything. So I asked one of the guys who worked there, you know, uh, you know, what would be, you know, a good bass for, you know, a beginner's bass that, you know, in a, in a beginner's price range. And, uh, you know, he showed me one and showed me the price. It's a little couple hundred bucks. And uh, so... I went and, you know, I saved up, you know, I, I worked my tail off for about two weeks <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, saved up my check, man. And, uh, I went right back to Sam Ash and, you know, bought that base. This was back when, like, I'm probably dating myself. This is back when minimum wage was, I think, like four seventy-five an hour or four twenty-five an hour or something wow. like that. Yeah, it was, it was a while back. Yeah. Um, it, it may have been five bucks, but I, mean, I don't think it was. It was a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, this was like 99, so this okay. is a while back. But yeah, so that's how I bought my first bass, man. Great, so if you don't have a piece of gear, just save your money and buy it. No save excuses. Money, man. Like, yeah. No excuses, man. If it's what you want to do, man, it's just, you kind of save your penny, you know, just like we say, if you do anything else we want to do, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it means something to you, you kind of make provision, yeah. you know? Yep. Now, Jimmy. I'm sure people want to hear about Empire. How is it? How how did you get on the show, and how is it being on the show? Um, it's been an amazing experience. That's that's been another amazing experience. Um, um, I didn't want to limit it to being a musical experience because it's. I think it's like again, it's kind of transcendent. You know what I mean? Um. I'm hired as, you know, a musician. I'm hired to act like I'm a musician on the show, uh, which is, you know, ironic because I actually am a musician. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's transcendent to me because it's, I'm, I'm literally bumping shoulders and, and shaking hands and cracking jokes and spending time with the people I grew up watching as, as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, Taraji P. Henson was like, she was, you know, she was Yvette from Baby Boy. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and Terrence Howard was, you know, uh, he was from Best Man and, mm-hmm. you know, all of these other great movies. And uh, I got to meet one of my other, you know, uh, movie idols, Tay Diggs, you know. Amazing, amazing experience. Um, 
I've been um, I've been trying to uh, transition into acting. I actually took some acting courses while I was at Columbia studying music. Mm-hmm. Uh, just another kind of um, not so well known love of mine. Uh, but it's another love of mine. You know, I love film, love you know movies, and you know acting. So, 2013, I decided to just start it. You know, to start kind of you know getting my feet wet, dabbling in it, and um, I did a. Um, I did a couple of, you know, projects where I was an extra, the movie Divergent, mm-hmm. um, uh, Chicago Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, uh, you know, at that point, you know, I, I saw that it's really a rite of passage for, you know, actors, you know, actors, actresses. Um, the extras game is, is, is rough and it kind of, it makes or breaks a lot of people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because, you know, you put in all of these hours, you're not paid the greatest, and um, you may not end up with any, you know, FaceTime in the film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what happened to me. I, you know, I've been doing, uh, um, I, I did a lot of shoots for, for Divergent. And I was a speck in the background. The only reason I knew it was me is because I remember walking across that set like 50, for 50 takes. Wow. And so it was like a 13-hour shoot. It was crazy. Sheesh. Um, and, you know, no FaceTime, you know. Um, and I don't remember whether I actually got FaceTime in Fire or not because I forget where the camera was placed um, in the shot. But um, anyway, so it was, you know, I said, to my, I said to myself and I said to God, I said, well, God, if you have this for me, Lord, if you have this for me, the next thing I do has to count. I'm not 22 anymore, you know, and I'm, I'm really, you know, deep into what I do musically. And um, I really don't have the uh, luxury of, you know, the time as, you know, a young 20-something who's on fire and, you know, can spend the time, you know, sacrifice the time, um, you know, doing a lot of the, you know, the extras work, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just not at that place in my life where I could, I could afford to do that anymore. So I said, Lord, if you have this for me, the next thing I do has to count. And so I kind of laid back. Um, I really wasn't searching for a lot of extras work as I was before. Uh, and then the show Empire came out. And I don't know what it was. Um, like I said, the only people I knew on the show uh, was Terrence Howard and Taraji. And I, I mean, in terms of, you know, recognizing type of stars. And, uh, and I knew Timberland was the uh, supervising uh, music producer for, for that for the, you know, show when it opened. Uh, opening season but other than that I really did, I really didn't know a lot about the show but when I was seeing the trailers and you know um, the hype was coming out about the show I just I don't know I felt as though I should be involved with the show like there was this kind of you know inward like like man I, somehow I have to be involved with the show you know especially knowing that it was being filmed here in Chicago um so went through the whole first season, you know, I watched the show and um, I um, I had a friend who I recognized in the um, in the uh, finale of the first season. She was actually a good friend of mine. Uh, her and her twin sister were good friends of mine in uh, Columbia. And um, she uh, she was on the, uh, the, the finale. So season two comes around and um, I, I watched the first show. Sometimes, you know how you watch, you know, some of your favorite shows and the writing gets a little, like, crazy. Yeah. And, like, just, you know, it's just like, okay, 
gained so much happening. And it, it kind of like, you know, I kind of like, there were a bunch of shows I was trying to watch, so I kind of um, fell behind, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, it's so much happening. And I, I kind of fell behind for a couple of episodes. And um, I, I've seen the, you know, the premiere of the second season, and I kind of fell behind. And like I said, I told the Lord, you know, I, the next thing I did, I was counting, it had been probably a year since I'd done anything, and I just woke up to a text and then a call. Um, my friend who was on the uh, on the show, she, uh, played drums, she said, James, they call me James, it's cool. Mm. Uh, there's a, uh, uh, there's an opening, they need a bass player for the band on Empire, and I gave the casting guy your name. Oh, wow. So he's going to give you a call uh, pretty soon. He called me like five minutes later. Wow. And, uh, so he, uh, he tells me that, you know, he got my, my name from my, you know, my college buddy. And uh, he said the picture that she sent was kind of obscure, though. And the director, the head director was um, literally eyed everybody who was on screen. So, like, every extra that was on screen, she personally handpicked them. You know, uh, every, you know, every uh, piece of clothing, every piece of furniture, she okayed everything, you know. So, um he says, yeah, the director wants a better feel for your look. So I sent him some pics uh, that I had on my own. And he called me back in like 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, the director loves your look. Uh, she wants you to come in and do these shoots, you know, so it's about to if you're available. And so um, I told him, man, whatever you guys, you know, throughout, let me know. I'll make myself available. And it's funny because at the time, um, I was doing the rehearsals for... The, uh, the United Center uh, service. Oh. So it was just crazy timing because, um, you know, both of, that, both of those things were going on simultaneously. And so he calls me back. He says, well, yeah, um, you're going to be shooting um, with Alicia Keys. I'm like, what? Whoa. Alicia Keys is one of the uh, guests on the show. And um, because my amp was right behind her piano, I was in all of her shots. Nice. A lot of FaceTime so, there. Man, a lot of it. So it's just like, you know, and I remember, you know, I was just, I remember running back and forth, you know, leaving the set, going to these uh, United Center rehearsals, and I was on set, and I almost got misty-eyed because I was super busy, and there was a lot happening, but it was like I was busy doing everything that I'd always dreamed of doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I thought about what I said to God. I said, well, man, the next thing has to count. And he puts me on the number one new TV show behind Alicia Keys. That's that's crazy. That's all about timing. All about timing and, and faith, man. And, and, you know, just having faith and holding God accountable, uh, accountable to what he's able to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I, think, I think God, he likes it when we do that. Yeah, faith, man. Faith is very important, especially as faith a musician. Is very important. Yeah. Very important, man. That's great. There are, there are up times, and you know, where things you know, the phone won't stop ringing, and then there are times when you know you're waiting on the phone to ring. So, and you know, just the faith that God makes, you know, provision in all of those times is you know kind of what holds you over, man. That's great. Yeah. So. And uh, Jimmy, he, I know Jimmy, he's not that young, but he's not that old, too. So, you know, <laughs> a, a, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they've they've been on tour, uh, 
well you know in their early 20s sometimes their teens you know and i'd see it too and then you know it took him a little longer to get his break and that's a testament to you know jimmy's faith and perseverance so that's yeah, yeah. that's great i was just thinking about that man it's, it's uh god's timing is divine man and I'm, I'm in a place in my life where i just truly believe that um and you can't you can't measure your life's clock by someone else's you know what i mean mm-hmm. um that's what with whatever you, you have whether it's your career whether it's your you know your love life or whatever things happen for you when they're supposed to happen for you as long as you're doing everything you're you know you believe that you're supposed to be doing and you're in you know the place that you're supposed to be um everything happens for us when it's supposed to happen and i thought about that like a lot of my colleagues a lot of my good friends were like you say touring in their late teens and you know early 20s and going around the world and um it happened for me a lot later than that uh one thing you know like i said i was i was a late bloomer i didn't really start i didn't get my consistent series of lessons until i got to college Mm -hmm. so i literally didn't really didn't know how to play until I got to school um, until I was you know like 18 19 years old before I could really kind of play mm-hmm. and so uh, you know again you know in comparison to a lot of my colleagues you know I was a late bloomer you know a lot of those guys were doing their thing at like 13 years old you know what I mean yeah um, so yeah just you know but God has a way of you know redeeming time and you know um bringing all things to the same level, you know. Uh, so it got to a place where I was running behind a lot of my colleagues, and then, you know, sooner than later, I was, you know, on the same sets, playing for some of the same artists as some some of my colleagues, you know. So it, it, it happens, man. It definitely happens if you stay with it. So, Jimmy, what are you working on now? Oh, oh man, I've I just been uh, in and out of town, man, and uh, it's, it's been crazy but great. Um I've been, um, I was able to serve uh, with my church, with Willow Creek Church at um, uh, Angola Prison Ministries, like the biggest maximum security prison, but it's a huge um, faith-based Christian organization that's growing there, and we're trying to help promote that, and uh, a lot of guys' lives are being changed, so I, I was involved with that, and um, literally, I, uh, just a few hours before I left to go there, I just got off a plane, I was, um, I was in Miami gardens with uh with uh, pastor smokey you know for mm-hmm. and uh, we're, we're still promoting his latest album and uh it was crazy because i didn't realize you know they just gave me the date and uh, i'm just like yeah i'm i'm, I'm available I'll, I'll be there and uh we get there and i walked past this young lady in the hotel and i looked at her i'm like hmm, she looks familiar but you know i just kept walking and so we're uh on our trailer and um we're hearing, I'm hearing what I thought is the radio or like some XM, you know, uh, radio site. And uh, Esperanza Spalding is on there playing bass and scatting, you know, doing her thing. And um, so we go to sound check. We, as we walk to the stage, I realize it's actually her on stage sound checking. We're hearing her feed in our, in our trailers. And uh, she sounds just as prolific live as she does on a record. She's unbelievable. So like, and this was the young lady I walked past in the hotel. She's in the oh. same hotel with us. Uh, it was crazy. So everybody was on that ticket, man. Uh, uh, Pastor uh, Norfolk uh, opened up the um, the day, but like Common, The Roots, uh, Jill Scott, Andre Day, Morris Day in the time, um, Esperanza Spalding, they were all on the ticket. And um, I got 
it was it was just a cool thing that I got to see all those guys as I was playing with uh, Pastor Nofu uh, for that show. It was a really, really, really cool show. Really cool moments during the set. I enjoyed going out with him a lot. We've been um, I've been playing with him uh, almost three years now, and it's, it's been a blessing. It's been a huge blessing. He's a great guy. That's Learning cool. a lot from him. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's that's great. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me on Instagram. Uh, that's kind of like my um, my social vice, if you will. <laughs> um, I'm on Instagram uh, at jcfuture25, and you can also find me um, on Twitter at 1300jc. Okay, great. And, uh, that's where I am, man. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, you can also find footage of me and, um, and shows with me playing live with uh, the Jeff Gibbs Quartet. So anything Jeff Gibbs music, that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Look up Jeff Gibbs music and most of the time you'll find me with him. That's my buddy. And he's doing some amazing things too. So I'm um, looking forward to you know, doing more things with him. You can find me with him as well. Great. On that note, thank you, Jimmy, for being on the show. You dropped a lot of dimes, man. I'm sure a lot of people are helped from what you said and will take your advice and run with it this was yes sir yes sir yeah thank you for having me man it means a lot bro it means a lot man oh you know oh, thank you you're welcome there you have it everybody that was jimmy carter from the fox hit show empire willow creek church and new in dorsey of aguilar active pedal uh yeah well i, I endorse the pedal and the amps and the yep. amp okay doing yep yeah. Yeah, full artist. Full <laughs> artist. They, got me. They, they stuck their fingers in me. Whoa, the full artist endorsement. There you have it, everybody. Thank you, Jimmy, for being on the show. You have a great day, Jimmy. You too, man. Take Thanks. care. No problem. Bye. If you like the music you heard on the show, you can always go to ZolaMusicPublishing.com. That is ZolaMusicPublishing.com. You can find music for all your musical needs from TV to film to studio musicians. That is X-O-L-A MusicPublishing.com.